Hey, one fans, Andy here. We're going to Cisco Live, and we can't wait to see you there. If we see you wearing an A1 or Cables to Cloud shirt at Cisco Live, we'll enter you in our giveaway that includes a bunch of cool prizes like an A1 branded Yeti cup and an OCG of your choice from our friends at Cisco Press. Don't have a shirt? No problem. Head to the link in our bio and grab yours today. See you soon. This is the Art of Network Engineering podcast. In this podcast, we'll explore tools, technologies, and talented people. We aim to bring you information to expand your skill sets and toolbox and share the stories of fellow network engineers. Uh, welcome to the Art of Network Engineering podcast. I am one of your hosts, not all of them. My name is Aaron Weiler. I am at Aaron Engineered, everywhere books are sold. Mr. Andrew Laptef, permit IP Andy Andy, the greatest name in ACL, named ACL slash Twitter handle history. What's up, dude? Hey, Aaron. I'm, I'm super pumped for our guest. I'm crawling out of my skin here. All right. Easy, easy. We haven't gotten to him yet. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that leads me to AJ. How are you, sir? Good evening. How are you? Good evening. Yes. Um, we're, I'm extremely well, actually. Thank you for asking. I often gloss over that because like, it's such an arbitrary question that I forget that somebody actually genuinely cares how I am. So you know what, AJ? I'm doing very well. Thank you I so do. much. Of course I care. <laughs> Uh, last and certainly not least, Barry White himself, <laughs> Daniel Richards, greater Memphis area, or greater Nashville area, sorry, <laughs> Memphis. Hi. Howdy. 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 Uh, howdy. He's, he's at Howdy Packet, so yep. if you can't find him, um, just retype it. <laughs> uh, all right. You probably spelled Howdy wrong. You probably. Uh, AJ, do we have any uh, uh, wins from... This past week, or I didn't think I see any. Uh, no, no, I actually haven't seen any this week. We, okay. we started the failure plaque channel this week, and uh. people people have been dropping their fails, and I'm so proud. Like so many people are just like, oh yeah, I failed this, I failed that, and everyone's just chiming in on like, you know, the the falls they've taken throughout their journey, and uh, it's I think it's pretty refreshing to see that you know this stuff is hard, and and you know people do fail. That I, actually, I, I counted actually them. I have ten. Me- you, <laughs> ten fails so far, my Cisco career. I think they they tell the full story, and I'm I just got a stroke of genius. So bear with me for a second. I have an idea. I think we should grab like the most extreme fail and talk about it because the, the most extreme W we have thus far is the dude that got a root canal and then took the cert right after it and passed. That's <laughs> yeah. easy, man. That's equi- I mean, there's yeah. nothing more impressive than that. I guess maybe like brain surgery and then taking it right, but. I, I, you know what, in, in, in that, in that uh, vein, that is a win for this week. Netsec Weezy started his new job. He moved from Texas to Arizona oh, wow, and started huge. his new job on Monday. Cool. Uh, so super cool. Congrats. Congrats to him. You love awesome. to see it. You love to see it. All right. All right. All right. All right. Without further ado, our illustrious guests, I uh, hope I'm not just freaking you out at this point and you're just going to say, hi, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we have with us um, someone in the second you're going to hear his voice. I don't really even need to introduce him, but uh, you're going to hear his voice. But we have the one and only Keith Barker with us this evening. Thank you for joining us, Keith. How are you, sir? I am doing great. You know, I've watched a few of your podcasts or listened and uh, 
I'm super tickled to be here. It's like, who wants to listen to me? Um, <laughs> so I'm grateful to be here. And uh, we talked about what was off limits. I think the the listening audience is in for quite a show tonight. Yeah. So yeah, to 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 tease that a little bit, there's not much that's off limits. Yeah. So, <laughs> so nope. yeah, very little. It's basically like a a first date we got going on here. Um. So yeah, we, Keith, you're in Vegas, right? I am. I'm in Las Vegas. And it's interesting that you say that I don't know who would want to listen to me because I think by default, if, if you're listening to this, you've probably listened to you at one point. It kind of goes without saying. So basically what I'm getting at is the data is showing something different. <laughs> and uh, okay. it, it seems that everybody's listening to you, whether you like it or not. Um, <laughs> dude, you've just been around. And, and I know for a fact that like, uh, and I say been around in a good way, I mean just like uh, longevity wise. And... I could speak for everybody here when I say, and also everybody like our Discord channel, it's like, you know, you've been a part of our journeys at least at some point. So, you know, we all thank you for that. And uh, whether you realize it or not, you're in like everybody's living room or office or, you know what I mean? So you're like, you're at, you're at everybody's computer and workstation or, or, or cell phone or iPad or whatever. Like, how do you feel about that? Because... <laughs> Uh, there's only like uh, there's only so many people that listen to the art of network engineering podcast uh mm -hmm. thank you that for those of you and especially for those who have subscribed in the past um but that number is very pale in comparison to yours and when i think about myself being in somebody else's area almost like unbeknownst to me you know what i mean like it, you're two in the morning i'm playing and i'm listening to you like learning something like do you ever think about that uh, do I think about where you're at two in the morning? Um, <laughs> okay, I'm a bad example. No, Anybody I, else I get you. I feel yeah. So I feel like an underdog. So part of my secret, part of my art of engineering is the fact that when I was really little, like 16, I was really little on my first driver's license. This is the God's honest truth. Five feet tall, 82 pounds at 16. I got pulled oh, wow. over seven times growing up by police, <laughs> not a ticket, because I looked like I was like 11, maybe pushing 12, and why are you driving your parents' car? So <laughs> that conditioning was built into me, and I've never been able to shake it. So I, I still feel like the underdog. Hmm. And like I, so that's part of the success, though, is that I'm, I'm willing to work a little harder, a lot harder than I than my counterparts at my age or any age for that matter. So I have a plaque on my wall that says practice like you've never won and perform like you've never lost. And so, uh, you know, mm -hmm. I, I'm at Cisco live occasionally. I speak there. I used to speak there occasionally. And I'd be talking in the elevator and somebody say, hey, you sound just like Keith Barker. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, Do you get I've offended? I've been working on it. No, no, it's, it's very, it's very, very nice, you know. Uh, I, I'm very, very grateful for people that come up and say, you know, I just wanted to say hi. I've listened to your content when I was, you know, early in my career or whatever, and you made a difference. I'm like, yes. You know, at the end of the day, we all have like a finite time of time on the on the planet. We're all going. And my goal is to make a, a difference. I know that sounds like in my moments of delusion, true story, I want to impact a billion people's lives. Yeah. Then I realize, hey, well, you know, you might get a few million, and that's a few million more than if you did nothing. Yeah. So uh, that's that's my that's what keeps me going. And uh, every time I, it's not like football. I don't. I never played football, but one of my earliest coaches in training. That's how I got started in this training business. is Ted Hernandez, and they would put me in the pit. 
it was literally called the pit. <laughs> Have you heard this story before? No. Uh-uh. So, no. So they put us in the pit. It was with uh, mastering computers in like late 80s. Uh-huh. And they would put us in the pit and say, okay, give us your intro. And then that sucks. Stop. Uh, give us your segue. And they would just drill us to make sure that we could present on target. And one of the coaching things he said was that it's not going to be pleasant, right? The, you just have to, in football, you have to get used to being hurt. It, right. It's going to okay. hurt. Get past the pain and go for it. Same with learning a new skill like training or any technology. And that's what I've had to address in the last decade with my career. It's like, okay, I know what ARP is. Nobody cares. Uh, so <laughs> they don't. So I think you're it, harder on yourself than, than most people. Well, but, but I just have to realize, though, that when new technologies come out like SD-WAN or you know Cisco security products or firepower, that I can't just say, well, I, I used to know the ASA and stateful filtering and you know inspections because it doesn't – I'm just like everybody else who has to get up in the morning, study, read, lab it up, and get good at something in my day these days – I have to get really good at it for like two months yeah. and then teach it teach as it. an expert sure. and then go on to something completely different. So um, I'm grateful that I'm making a difference. I've got a lot of life left in me. I'm 56. I was born in 64. Holy People crap. Are some, that's Dude, not, that's, not, that's, no, 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 no. That's not a yeah. bad holy crap. And I, yeah. look, you Because just like when you were 16, you do not look 56, yeah. dude. Yeah. So I couldn't get a date when I was 16, but now at 56, I look like I'm 40 something. Not on the dating scene. My wife and I are happy. So sure, uh, okay, sure, okay, sure. Okay. She won't listen. <laughs> anyway, anyway, it's fun. It's fun. I, I like making a difference uh, when I train. It's just like chatting with you guys right now. It's like, if, in fact, that's why people feel like they know me is because I'm having exactly conversations it. like 24 seven whenever they turn it on. So. I'm not sure what the original question was, but somewhere in there, no, that was maybe cool. we answered that was it. cool. So that, that actually made me think like, okay, so all this new stuff that comes out, I mean, yeah, I think that's one of the challenges with us is that, <clears throat> and maybe just this industry, I say us, but there's just always something, you know? And I think Nick Russo the other day on um, Twitter even brought this up and he's like, ah, three CCIEs later and here I am still learning about something. He just asked like a, just a really random question about something that seemed like, you know, somewhat simple. So if I, I got to ask. Yeah. What's the most difficult thing that you've ever had to learn? Because you make look, you make everything look super easy. And so I want to know what challenged you because if somebody's like listening and they're like, oh, well, if Keith found that hard, I don't feel so bad now. <laughs> okay, that's, that's a great question. So uh, I'm going to break out my honesty section of my brain. Ah, uh, here we go. That's what we want. Because sometimes, sometimes if we have something that's really challenging and then we master it, it becomes one of our favorite topics, right? So yeah. that works. Yeah. I think I think you're gonna love this because of your experience with service providers. Probably the toughest thing for me to learn at the time was MPLS layer three VPNs. Hmm. Because there's so many freaking moving parts, right? There's the VPN label and the transit label and address uh, families and yeah. Yep, and VRFs yep. and the exports and the imports and the carrying in BGP as BGP uh, VPN V4 routes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So I, I remember when I first realized I didn't know what that was, <laughs> and then I started studying it. And I don't know if you've noticed, but there's not a lot of great training everywhere. At least there wasn't 15 years ago for MPLS Layer 3 VPNs, and I had to sort that out. So I started off with the basics and then labbing it up, and that probably took me a good two to three weeks just to get my head around. And then when I got my head around it, I was like, oh, oh. And then I taught it at Cisco Live for a few years 
I did a course for I and E on it. That was like 11 years ago. And that was, that reminds myself of a tough topic that was, took several weeks to get my brain around. That's, uh, it's funny. Has anybody else here uh, besides myself, have you guys ever tried to either configure or even just like wrap your head around like how that works at all? No. There's I, I've a, done a little bit of MPLS, but not, okay. not MPLS. Look, yeah. the command is simple. It's MPLS IP. Like, it's that. That's just it, right? And then you put yeah. it on the interface. However, <laughs> the the dependencies are, like, out of control, right? So, like, on the surface, it's really cool. And it, it just makes sense. Um, the, everything that we've, like, learned in the past, is, this is what's always so cool to me. Everything that we've learned in the past is, like, it was alleviating a problem, right? Like, okay, complex router lookups or... Oh, SD-WAN, it's like, uh, we pay for all this bandwidth, we're not using it, you know, just as an example. It, it's so cool to see how that stuff, like, just weasels its way into our everyday life, yet, like, most of us have never encountered, you know, a, an MPLS config or, you know, seen what that looks like, or even, like, a Layer 2, like, tunneling protocol or something, like, like a, a Layer 2 VPN over a service provider network, uh, just all that stuff, like... It, you're right. There's no training because I could vouch for that. And what training there is out there is very difficult to understand because I there's a big difference between someone that could teach and someone that can understand something. And if that disconnect exists, then you lost me immediately. And I was just looking up on YouTube. I'll, I, I'm going to paraphrase the number. I did a video back in like 2010 on oh. MPLS Layer 3 VPNs. It has like 300,000 views. Wow. And it's oh, wow. it's terrible. It's technically accurate. <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> what is this guy doing here? I don't know if you've That's seen awesome. the before and after Keith pictures like for me 10 years ago or five years ago. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Embarrassing. Oh, my gosh. So, so I was like 30 what? pounds heavier. Yes. I had man boobs. I had, uh, I had a wake-up call. Okay. In 2007, and I just thought, you know what? I got to change some things. So I changed several things. I changed my body by exercising and eating better. I uh, I also, I don't know, what's so nothing's off limits except for those two things we talked about, That's right? That's it, man. Yeah, go for yeah. it. I had an honest, hard look at my life. I had a marriage of 30 years, uh, and the problem was we had 25 wonderful years of marriage. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but the problem yeah. is it was 30-year marriage. So we'll do the math there. Uh, I'm guessing it was deliver- the last five, not the first five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, that was that was a life changing event. That uh, so I've got really a fond memories and a good relationship with my ex. But I have a I remarried in 2017, oh, and uh, yeah. So May the fourth. <laughs> oh, how nice. do I not forget nice. this anniversary? Yeah, May the fourth be with you. So I married this beautiful woman. She's she's a singer at Cirque du Soleil, or she was for what? ten years. Yeah, I know. Nice. If you've seen Miss Dare, in the last fourteen years, she was there, and then she sung it Oh a few times, and she was Oh right before the pandemic. But uh, yeah, so I so as far as what changed, I had a wake up call, and I had to take stock in myself and say, I'll tell you. Here's the here's the the thing that broke it for me. I had somebody that I admired who sat with me, and we had a beverage. And he said, uh, my daughter is 17. I was going to wait a couple of year, a few years for her to get older, and then we'll clear a break. And he said, yeah, just wait till you're 70 or 80. It'll be fine. Hmm. And that, that day I you feel went like, home, you're like, eh, I said, I, I, yeah. So how does that apply to networking? Let's bring it back. Uh, you know, I have, when I was at Paramount Pictures in 90, like four, 
Wait, hold on a second. I had, hold on a second. Yeah. I'm actually going to get you to tell your story here in a okay. second. So, but no, no, but, but tell the story now. But okay. somebody here remind me to get back to that because I, I, I completely glossed over that for some stupid reason. But anyway, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. So I, I had a team that I worked with there as a manager of the network tech, uh, network stuff at Paramount Pictures in 94-ish, 95. And I remember like 10 years later, one of the technicians reaching out to me saying, oh, what do I need to do to get CCNA certified? And I thought to myself, what have you been, what have you been doing for 10 years? You got to do something now. That's the key. That's the divorce story now tied to networking. Do something now. Yeah. Uh, nobody's, nobody's born knowing anything about networking and the protocol stacks and how they work. And uh, if you just start, set a goal, my, my thing is don't, don't make a big fanfare. Don't like, oh, I'm going to do this. You know, commit to people so you're accountable, but then just shut up. <laughs> I know this sounds it. harsh. Shut up and do it. Just do it. Like, <laughs> yeah, spend an hour every day or, or whatever you commit to and just study, yeah. measure it out, write it. It's, so people ask me, Keith, how did you get a couple of CCIAs? I said, one day at a time. I had four or five kids off to count based on the year. I had four or five kids when I got my first CCIE. Wow. I studied for eight months, three or four days a week, about four hours per day, just on the CCIE. And I passed the first wow. time because oh, wow. because I studied my butt off. And right. uh, you did the work. Anybody, anybody can do it. It's yeah. just a matter of you know cutting out something lame. Like everybody has something lame in their life usually. Yep. Figure, Figure out what that is, cut it out, and then put it to use, and then just keep on marching. I that sounds hard no, and harsh. No, 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 no. But, I, I'm the tough love guy here, so you're you're okay. gonna get nothing but high fives from me when you start talking like that. <laughs> the, the per the person, it sounds familiar. Aaron yells at me, and it's very helpful. I was just gonna say yeah, the person yeah, yeah, that's yeah. got his ears perked up the most yeah. right now is Andy because he's the one that needs to hear this the most. Because the thing I like about Andy is that he plans everything but the thing i hate about andy is that he plans everything. because <laughs> because yeah. he gets in his own way and I, and I yelled at him earlier in this week this is why this is so relevant i, I yelled at him earlier in this week because i, I kind of went off this is, i tend to do this i go on these like tangents where i'm like oh, gosh just do it right now kind of like how you just said it's like come on man just you're not doing talks. anything else yeah just delete delete uh an app off your phone one app off your phone i don't even care what it is just delete it off and replace it with something educational or productive that you could use uh a perfect example on key flashcards, right? We all know how space repetition and interleaving help you learn. They solidify knowledge. So I was like, Andy, <laughs> put some, put some, put an Anki deck together as you're going through like OCGs. In fact, don't even think of anything. Just copy the Ditka questions into the note cards, but make them very difficult. Make the cards very difficult so that you can't just go, yep, uh, I know what that is. That's easy. Boop, boop, boop. Make it hard so you have to explain it and all this other stuff, right? So I, so I, this, this is all me just ranting, you know, on Tuesday. So the following day, Andy, bless his heart, he's like, so, got a question. Because he's trying to implement, right? He's like, well, got I started a my flashcards and then I, I had started a my flashcards. I got the app. He's that's a, that's already good enough for me. I'm like, you can call it quits for for today because because that was <laughs> you that was a app. lot. I mean, if you think about it, if yeah. you did something, I'm cool with that. If you want to go beyond that, that's you. But as long as you change one little thing, you're good to go. And so he's like, hey, question: Should I put these in different decks if they're different subjects, or how should I like put this up? And I said, Andy. Shut up and just build the cards. Stop getting in your own way. I was like, just build the freaking note card, you know. Yeah. And he he was mad. Do you, like, he I took mad. it well. I, I, he, yeah. he, at first he was mad, and then he came back. And this is the best part. He came back hours later and he said, 
I needed to hear that. Thanks for doing that. <laughs> like yeah. no context. Just like I was a little mad earlier, but thanks. Thanks, dude. I appreciate it. But I could not agree more. All you have to do is one little thing. Like, yeah, four hours a day. Some people don't have that. But to your point, you could find it somewhere. You had five kids, maybe four kids, let's say. Uh, but I can tell you that most people have one, two, right? Maybe at most three. So if that's your excuse, you just heard it here. You can have five yeah. and get away with it. I, I have to have ask. Them. I have to ask my question. I ask everybody because you have. Yep. You had four kids. So when I, did you study? I, I mean, what, what I have a total hours? of seven. So I have seven kids. Just full disclosure. Dear Lord. Okay. Whoa. Okay. Seven kids. My eldest was born in uh, eighty-seven. The youngest is now seventeen. So do the math on that. So your question is, when did I study? Like, would you it wait was, till they it, all went to bed and just study all night, kind of thing? It was usually seven or eight o'clock at night. So yeah. I had a, a fairly normal job. Come back, have dinner with the family, some family time, and then just start work. at seven, seven thirty-ish for three to four hours. Right. And then I was. Back then, I didn't have social media to distract and so forth. So it was important, though. I was, you know, I was raised fairly poorly. Not poorly. My parents were great, but they were modest income earners, like single income family. Yeah. My dad was a teacher. And I just, you know, here I am with the responsibility of being a parent. Like there's so, we're out, parents are outnumbered, right? You have three yeah. kids. There's only two <laughs> parents. It's over. So I, just, I was desperate. And that was a motivator for me to stick with it. And then um, I do have one uh, shout out. Two weeks before my my first exam in 2001, uh, I wasn't. I was done studying. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. Have you? Yeah, I, actually, you done, done studying. I'm gonna let Andy answer that. Have you ever just been <laughs> done studying, Andy? Uh, like yeah. you've been just over it? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, a lot. <laughs> yep. Well, yeah. that that happened to me, and so I was done. I was like, I can't study one more week. The exams in two weeks. I'm done. And my friend Ed Edinez, who is six CCA six seven eight four, <laughs> I'm CCA six seven eight three. This is back in two thousand one. He said, "Keith, you got to study this." I said, I, "I read it." He goes, "No, you got to lab it up." There's Plar private line autonomic ring down. You pick up one phone with FXS ports, and the oh, other one yeah. rings wow. like the bat phone. And right. so I labbed it up, uh, got it working. It took about three or four hours. You know what? That saved my bacon hmm. on the day of. It was back then, it was two day labs. Uh, it saved my bacon. So anyway, it's uh, worth it. It's worth it to do the studies, do the labs, and just keep on going. And uh, if you want to hear about the failures, which I imagine is coming up in this interview, absolutely I've got, is. I've absolutely. got plenty of those too. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Okay, so let's start. Let's start then. So you were, um, like, let's say you just graduated high school. Give us the plan here. Was did you go to college? Were you gonna go to college? How, walk us. Start us there. Okay. It was a cold day in 1982. <laughs> in Siberia? <laughs> in Camarillo, California. Oh, Camarillo. Yeah. Uh, so out of high school, I'm going to skip a couple of years. Okay. Uh, but Were you 100 pounds by this time? <laughs> uh, I didn't. I grew. I'm six feet tall now. I weigh about 165. But oh, well, I, hold on. What's your what's your secret? <laughs> like, how did you do all, that? Don't that, don't I, tell that to AJ because he's gonna he's gonna say, okay, first of all, how dare you wear a medium shirt? You must look stupid. This is what he told me. He told me yeah. this. I, uh, I'm, I'm this six, is true. I'm six two. This is true. I'm six two one eighty five, and he was yeah. like, you wear a medium shirt. How is that even possible? So th there you go, dude. Some of <laughs> yeah. us. Hey, yeah. hey, hey there yeah. you go. <laughs> Anyway, so you're you're 100 pounds by now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a couple years after high school, so you, you yep, learned yep. how to eat booze, probably. Yep, so, uh, so I didn't drink as a young person. As mm. I didn't drink till I was 40. Mm. Uh, but anyway, 
I, I made up for it after then. Attaboy. So, <laughs> yep. so I was, uh, I went into sales. I wanted to make money. I, and that, I didn't, my, all my brothers and sisters went to college. They're all college graduates. I'm the only one who has one semester of junior college and I, I stopped. I didn't like school. So I sold cars, I sold insurance, and then I realized now that if we think education is expensive, I'm borrowing this quote, you got to see what the price is for not having an education. Ooh. It's a hard school out there if you don't have some kind of training. So I did insurance, I did sales, I, I sucked at all that stuff. I couldn't sell, I wasn't making money, I was married, and so I I was at a cashier at this where, like a, it was like a Home Depot, but a one that doesn't exist anymore is back in 1986 or 84. What was it called? 84. Grossman's in Ventura County, California. I know hmm. I know what Grossman's is. I'm really? a is California still a, guy. No. Is it still around so. or is it gone? So, so I was at Grossman's and they had these commercials for Control Data Institute. Like, you can be a technician. Welcome to the world of electronics. And, <laughs> wow, sweet. <laughs> woo. And then there's this guy who came in. Uh, to repair the registers, which were electronic, and he had this like silver briefcase. Oh, uh, here we go. Was it handcuffed he, to his wrist? <laughs> no, but he had it was he had a car that didn't have rust and stuff on it. It was nice. <laughs> oh, I nice. thought I don't know what that guy does, but I bet I could do it. So I got a I went down to the Control Data Institute to their office. I got a loan for uh, it was somewhere between four and six thousand. I forget what it was, but that was nineteen eighty four. A lot of money. Yeah. A lot of money. I had to get a loan. Went to school, it was a one-year school, and they just introduced the microcomputer uh, platform. Before, it was like tapes and mini computers and mainframes and stuff. Right. So I was breadboarding with resistors. I can tell you about Eli the Iceman, and I can read the resistor, the resistor codes, which we don't use anymore. Um, and then it was a one-year course, and eight months in, they said, hey, Keith, EDS is interviewing. Why don't you go interview? And I said, oh, I don't, I'm not ready to interview. I haven't graduated from, you know, Control Data Institute yet. <laughs> and... They said, you don't get it. The only reason you're here is to get enough skills and bootstrap your butt to get a job. And then you're going to start learning what's really yeah. going on. Yeah. So I took the interview. Uh, Anita Martinez was the interview, per, uh, per, interviewed me. And this is, I feel like an old person. Let me tell you about people you don't know. Yeah, well, no. I, <laughs> I think it's the most impressive thing. That, this was 1984, you said? Yes, it was 84. So and, she interviewed me. And you remember and, her uh, name. Yeah, she was amazing. Uh, and, every, and so she said, uh, they had a lot of interview people they were interviewing. And I said, what is it that I can do right now before my next interview that would help me prepare so that I could hit the ground running should you decide to hire me? Ooh, and, nice. And I, so, and I learned that from somebody who was wiser than I had told me. So I, she gave me this book, this huge manual on something brand new called an HP LaserJet printer. <laughs> and it was just state of the art back then. So I took it and I started reading and fuser rollers and uh, the corona wires and the the voltages involved and yeah. so forth and how it melts it. And then when I came back for the second interview, she she tested me on what do you know about HP laser jets? And I told her. And Maybe. she hired me right there. Wow. Because wow. you know, this wow. this kid will actually do more than what he's asked to do. He's wants to find out. And so that got me my entry level job. Starting working with PCs and then uh, Blue Cross of California, and then I can go into my history there if you want. But uh, yes, that's how I started. Do. Yeah, please do because so so you got the job. Uh, she gave you the job for the whole. Yep. Like, was it printers the only thing you were doing, or did they just kind of use no. like, a Swiss Army knife? Uh, so it was electronic data systems. We had uh, support contracts for GM, and mm -hmm. so Hughes Aircraft, 
uh, General Motors plants, uh, all the all that stuff. And so part of that, I was exposed to something called networking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, this was brand new for yeah. local area networks. It was Ethernet with 10 base 2 coax cable and Novell was on the, the new kid on the block for networking. And so wow. Dave Nelson, oh my gosh, this is like 25 years ago. Dave Nelson was the network engineer and I just, I just kind of made friends with him and he taught, taught me about it. I learned it and I got good at it. And I started my career in networking with uh, Novell back in 1980. I guess it was 87 at that point. And then I just kept on moving up, went to Paramount Pictures after that, and then on, then beyond. So you were this whole time you were in the Los Angeles metro area. Yep. Yep. Okay. So EDS first, and then Blue Cross, and then Paramount Pictures. Gotcha. So Paramount, that's a cool. How, what What do you do at Paramount Pictures? I mean, obviously it's networking, but uh, I mean, yep. like, like this is <laughs> this is the worst pun I'm ever going to make in my life, guys. So just mute if you need to. <laughs> I don't know. You've made some pretty bad ones already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell us about behind the scenes at Paramount Pictures, please. Okay. Well, I was okay. You you want me to answer that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the coolest thing about working at Paramount Pictures is that if you're friends with the security officer, you can go on any clothes set you want. Whoa. All right. Okay. What's the coolest one you went to? <laughs> Star yes. Trek. Star, Star Trek. Trek. Nice. Wait, nice. I was there when they were filming the transition between Picard yeah. and uh, Janeway. Uh, uh, deep, deep Space, not Deep Space Nine. That's uh, uh, yeah. what's after. What's deep after? Space Nine? It what's went, after? It, Next Generation and Deep Space Nine, right? Yeah, but there's one. There's a bigger one with um, holy with Picard. What's that one? The Picard, so Picard's Next Generation. Star Trek: The Next Generation. Okay, there. So when they were filming that Generations movie from the transition from Star Trek ah, okay. to Generations, and at the same time, Deep Space Nine was also in production there as a series. But uh, that's the coolest thing is to be able to go behind the scenes. You have to turn off Ooh. your page. Back in the day, pager. 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 <laughs> yeah. um, had to go. Back. It was a cool pager with text and everything. <laughs> Heck so, yeah. but I was in charge of the network team there that did all the you know rollouts of new equipment, repairs, maintenance, that kind of stuff. That's pretty sweet. Great job. That's yep. pretty sweet. Yeah, it was only so an how hour and a half commute. For? It was hour only an hour and a half commute each way mm-hmm. from Simi Valley. Yep. Did you I say only? <laughs> yeah. It was terrible. It's a Los Angeles uh, joke. <laughs> so I was yeah. there in 90, 94, and I think I left in about 97. So maybe maybe 96, a year and a half, two years at Paramount Pictures. Okay. That's yep. a sweet job. I like, I like hearing stuff like that because, you know, there's so many cool industries out there. And what's really neat about being like a network engineer or a network admin is that, you can work in any vertical or any industry and that included like you could work for a movie company or you know a tv production company yep. so sky's the limit so i love that yep. um because you want to be a networking that's completely yep. different that was my first exposure to some of the cool tech too like tape robot for backups mm-hmm. what the heck is you know, that oh uh, yeah yeah what, what, what the heck is that, that is. i don't know what that is it's like a big uh, it's like a big machine and it has like in the middle of it it's got this little arm that goes down and it'll go grab a tape and then it takes it back over to the mainframe so that Whoa. it can read it. So, you, so Aaron, you really have never seen a tape robot before? No. Oh my gosh, they go like 35, 40 miles an hour. So <laughs> yeah. these arms. Yeah. And they're just whipping around. Uh, yeah, I'm good a lot of fun. That. I'm good it's, that. it's fun. So that that was my first exposure to uh, you know pretty significant data center on-prem where you go down log in, go through the service desk area, key yeah. card again to the tapes and the back and the 
And they had money, too. Paramount had tons of money. So my oh. office was on the fifth floor of the Zucker building, 5555 Melrose, looking over the B-lot. And the B-lot is a, like a seven-foot parking lot that when they need to film a water scene, they remove all the cars, they repaint it, and, and they it. fill it in. So so Congo was filmed in there. Um, the Waterworld water scene, Waterworld f- ran out of money, so Paramount bought forked, forked over some cash. They filmed a huge scene at the end when the... The jet skis are all jumping off yeah. the boat. That's all filmed right outside my office. That's uh, The net with Sandra Bullock was filmed right outside my office. And the, like they'd have you know notices, okay, after 6 p.m., all offices, lights have to be off because they didn't want any reflection off the office buildings. Yeah. Well, they but, so the movie was the net. So what they really didn't want was someone who actually knew what they were doing to be looking over into what uh, they were doing. Because I don't know if you guys remember this. But uh, that movie had a lot of this going on, and you were supposed to think that they were actually doing something, and this is the noise you heard. And then, like, the screen would just, the green screen, like, she was, ha- she was yep. hacking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. So they're doing a trace near the end, and one of the octets of the IPv4 address was higher than 255. Oh! Where's the quality? Where's the quality control in Hollywood? <laughs> yeah. and, well, I'll tell you where they were. They, they made they you go home. consult with their own networking no, team on that no. one? No, somebody then explained to me that they didn't want to have to pay somebody rights or buy something out if they used a publicly addressable IP. Uh-huh. And was they, it, they, were, they were avoiding that. Was it 10.555.555? <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't RFC 1918. It was uh, uh, the first octet that was valid. I, I see what you. you did there with the phone number. So right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> five, five, five. I was with five, you there, Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that was <laughs> That was more of like an ISIS net ID. It depends on what the meaning of is, is. Is, is, Ooh. brother. All right. I can't, um, do a Cl- I can't do a Clinton impression. <laughs> is, is. Um, so, all right. So you, Paramount Pictures, yep. somehow at some point, you migrated from Southern California to Vegas. I did. Yes. When was that? I th- I think that was like 2009. Hmm. Oh, okay. So yep. quite some years later then. Yep. And it was just to buy a house. I couldn't afford. I had several kids, and I couldn't afford uh, a house in Southern California. <laughs> I'm not sure why. Yeah. So bought a house in Vegas primarily for that. And then I also changed my career at that time. I got a training job here in Las Vegas. It was my first full-time training gig. Sweet. Who was that with? That was a, a little, a li- I can, this little teeny company called the Learning Center. Hmm. And okay. just a little teeny, I would say it's a mom and pa shop, but it's really more like a little ma shop. <laughs> just <laughs> really teeny. And uh, it was great. I taught Novell and Microsoft and, oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, just, I thought I got my time. So I, I was at Paramount and I left there to go to Vegas. Sorry, I thought I got that backwards. But yeah. Oh, right on. So you were at Paramount yeah. for a long time then? Uh, I was at Paramount for. <laughs> so when you have a, a span of 30 years to cover, there's a lot of stuff that goes on. So yeah, you know, at, some, <laughs> at some point I left Paramount and I went to work for KnowledgeNet, Mastering Computers, which uh, then led to I worked for INE for a while. I worked for another IE training company for a while. And then I started with CBT in 2012. Yeah, that's weird because I, I didn't. I actually, maybe I'm alone here. I did not know that you worked for INE, so that's interesting to hear. Yeah, some of my I videos, some of my videos still on YouTube. They still have the INE. Like I try to trim out the beginning of those because I don't know if they like those or not. But uh, <laughs> I had a good time. I, I, you know, the Bryans this was before they were bought out by a, a venture capital company. But uh, you know, Brian Dennis and Brian McGann, 
it was interesting when I worked there with Scott Morris, Anthony Sequera. I never met Brian McGann in almost two years of working there. Why? Hmm. I think they were taking a little sabbatical. You know, they'd been worked so hard for so long. They just, they hired more trainers, and uh, yeah, I never I spoke with him once, <laughs> but I I never met. I the first time of meeting Brian McGann was after I wasn't working there for a couple of years at Cisco Live. So okay, but he's a great guy, great trainer, super smart, and uh, Brian Dennis I, I dealt quite a bit with. But yeah, I I and E I think is a great company. Yeah. No, no, I do too. And and like we were talking about um, service provider stuff earlier, that's one of the places you can go to get stuff for service providers, actually. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Certainly not a book. <laughs> <laughs> you left your own devices there. So yeah, that, uh, you get to Vegas. You're, you know, basically moving to Vegas and starting training at the same time. Yeah. It, it sounds like, you know, you were kind of like already a trainer type of person right before that like what made you want to go into training I mean, other than changing people's lives uh so many years ago in fact when i was at paramount pictures i went to these workshops on how to manage teams and improve and so forth and mm-hmm. there was a tra- there was a tra- these are names i haven't thought about for at least 15 20 years there's a a trainer named darby checkets well well i don't know how you'd forget that name yeah, yeah. so darby <laughs> yeah, really. and i thought he was just owning this audience meaning he was making a difference. He was uh-huh. getting his points across. I was just moved. And I thought, wow. And it was at that moment at Paramount Pictures when I decided, you know what, I want to make a career out of training. I think I could do that. And so when I when I changed my job from Paramount going to Vegas and starting training full time, my salary was cut by five zero fifty percent. So but that's OK, because it was uh, a strategic move and I wanted to do it. And uh, then that's I. Awesome was able to get back up but 50 percent cut people were like what yeah 50 <laughs> cut but the 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 crux of that that situation though is not necessarily the 50 percent. it's how late in your career you did take the 50 percent cut right because i think if you were if you were going to suggest because i did the same thing except that my 50 percent cut was going from 18 dollars an hour to nine dollars an hour so it was like um oh, you know i got some years to catch up basically um but it's the long view, as we'll call it. These are binoculars, by the way, because I can't put them on with my glasses. The long okay. view. Oh, is that creepy? For the for the listening it's... audience, Aaron looks amazing doing that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, we'll put this on YouTube. Uh, okay. Okay. So, so yeah, the, yeah. I, I, it's not ri- well. It's always risky. It's less risky. Yep. Younger in your career, which is what I'm always trying to preach. It's like, hey, if you got to do it and you got to pivot, pivot now. Kind of like what you were saying earlier. Just do it. Right. Yep. Keep keep your eyes on the prize. It just pivot if you have to. So you took a fifty percent cut. Eventually, you're finding someone to pay you, whether it was I and E or CBT or whoever, right? But yep. it doesn't matter because fifty percent cut for like wanting to go to work every day and showing up, like having a good time. Actually, like yeah, you know, we 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 toss these words around very fluidly around here and terms such as total compensation that's part of it your time your health your like mental health things you can't quantify with a dollar amount so that that's huge uh, you've it sounds like you've reset like a, you've done a hard reset uh, just a couple yeah, this, of times this is key three though no doubt i don't <laughs> i don't i don't categorize those but uh it definitely is version three 
Yeah, there may be a version four too. Who knows? Did you quit? Uh, did you quit your engineering job when you went into teaching? No. So what I did was I I did a lot of consulting on the side. So I somewhere I'm just going to blend all the years together here. So I had a top secret clearance for a while from Ooh. a company I was working with, and so I did some really amazing things with that, mm. including consulting after the fact. Like the top secret clearance was good for like five years. I thought I'm going to leverage this. So. Heck yeah. Um, I want to tell everybody, though, it's a need-to-know basis with the top secret clearance. And if, I guess, apparently, I don't need to know anything. So <laughs> I worked on firewalls and systems, but I can't tell you, you know, they said we need these rule sets and we need to verify them. And you go in these facilities that are, you know, out, secure facilities. They wouldn't let, even let me bring my car fob in. Hmm. I had to leave it with they had nothing electronic. Mm. So they they would let me bring in like a CD, so I'd have all these scripts written. I'd put it on CD, burn it, bring it in, and then they could destroy it once it's there. And they okay. would run it on a separate computer, which wouldn't, uh, you know, affect or be able to compromise other systems. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So I did some consulting lightly. I say lightly, like maybe four or five times a year, just to kind of keep my fingers in it because mm-hmm. I love it. And then I don't for the last. Eight years at CBT, well, maybe the last five years, I really haven't done any significant consulting anymore because I, I, I don't have time. I lab it all up. Mm-hmm. So if it's web security appliance or email security appliance or something that's near and dear to everybody's hearts, uh, SD-WAN, I'll just lab it up. So I've got behind me a rack of gear. It's all virtual, you know, ESX and vSphere that I can lab almost anything up on. And it's amazing. I wish I had these tools back 20 years ago. Oh, uh, hold on a yeah. second, because uh, you yeah. might get steam coming out of Andy's ears here. So, okay. <laughs> so, so you don't, I just want to be clear about that. You yeah. don't to this day, like, I'm not saying you never have, but right now you don't have a physical lab. Well, let me, so is this going to be on YouTube or is this going to be visual or just audio or both? Bo- both, 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 but I can commentary if you're going to show us something. Well, right outside that door, <laughs> yeah, I've got a stack about six feet tall of physical gear. Okay. Yes. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. So <laughs> if I want if I want to spend the uh, I don't know forty or fifty watts a piece on that, <laughs> and the heat and yeah, the, the noise. Heat, that's a big one. It's a party, you know. I can turn it all on. So uh, I do have the physical gear, but it's just so much easier with that. Oh, I'm oh. sorry. Where's the rack? Here, I'll give you a view. There it is. There it is. There it is. I turned them off for this interview, but I've got four ESI XI hosts. They have like 128 gigs of RAM each, running vSphere, and. I can just do a whole SD-WAN deployment, hundreds of routers, anything I need to uh, with the current images that are available. And it's so much better than having to have the physical gear every time. So sometimes, like I've got a 3750 at top of rack there because you can't, sometimes you need the hardware. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. And like if you want to plug in an access point that's powered with power over Ethernet, you need to have something that's delivering that power. True. True. So I've got that for demos and practice that need it. But, but that's true, I haven't, probably turned on anything except for that 3750 in many many months so is the 3750 uh is it shared by your virtual environment oh, yeah. so oh okay. yeah that's what i figured they want no one would know it's like no which one's the physical which one's the, it's all it's all blended but from the interface it's all it all is bro- I, I love this the the part where you had to, to leave your key fob uh because like 
Yep. You know, don't don't take this the wrong way. But you're not James Bond. So, but no. they treat everybody the same way. <laughs> you know, they're like, ah, I don't think so, buddy. As if like we work for the Kremlin. <laughs> I just love that though. Like the physical security sometimes just always just kills me. Like they had a guy. There's a, a guy in the the colo in St. Louis. They always had an armed guard out front. He had like an AR-15, and I'm like, who the hell is he gonna shoot? Like, I, he, first of all, he's by himself. Like. Mm-hmm. as if the guy like the bad actor that's coming into the to the colo is like all right i'm gonna announce myself outside first oh where's the guard at hey listen buddy i'm breaking into this building what are you gonna <laughs> do to stop me and he's like oh it's funny you should say that he just owns you yeah. but no <laughs> i think a lot of it is uh you know defense in depth includes physical deterrence and uh that would definitely be one like when i was at pearl harbor i did a, a class there for a group and i had to leave i couldn't bring my phone even because anything that has a camera in that case, wouldn't couldn't bring it in. So, okay, um, mm. you know, it's important to have apparent, you know, fences, vis- visibility, sure, all the physical aspects. Yeah, well, yes. <laughs> deterrence of many kinds, just so that people will make sure that you're a hard target to get to. Yeah, that, there's so many data centers out there too. It's like you couldn't possibly defend all of those that's scary thought too because like i always think about that there was always one in particular it was a digital realtor building that i used to drive by all the time uh actually i just like ride by because i was on public transit at the time and i I would just see it as a little four-story building and i I always felt like back in the day that they would hide the building like at least not put anything on it but man nowadays they're like digital reality check us out we're right here here's our phone number and our website you know like here's mm-hmm. what we do in case you didn't know. So if you wanted to attack us, that's what it is. And it's just in a really rough area of of Oakland. Like it's in the weirdest place. Uh, just not a place you would think. Like it's in a very uh, industrial area that's like just cut off from the world. Which I guess that makes sense. But it's very visible nonetheless. Mm-hmm. So so we have we have switch communications here, which yes, has a you huge do. acres Super and acres. Yeah. But it's it's great because we don't have a lot of earthquakes here. We don't have a lot of tornadoes here. Uh, we don't have a lot of water here. That's a it's a joke for Nevada, um, <laughs> but it's pretty safe. And then, and they they don't make any bones about you know advertising who they are. Right, as you drive by on Warm Springs, it's like boom. Right, you know? no, you can see it from space. Yeah, <laughs> the guys in the space shuttle are like, what in the hell is that in Las Vegas? Like that's going to be the world's biggest hotel. No, sir. That is the Supernap. Yeah, that thing's freaking huge, man. I, I love seeing yeah. that when I fly in. I was actually there like two months ago, oddly enough, but. Um, during the pandemic so that was an interesting thing but i was i'm like pointing to my wife out the window and we're flying i'm like check it out check it out she's like what the hell is that (laughs) dumb (laughs) dork (laughs) she's like dude there's like cirque du soleil like your wife cirque du soleil there's all this cool stuff look at that ferris wheel over there i'm like check out super nap it's so big (laughs) all right dude i I got a question oh here we go wait hold on how long has it been he's right on the money he's right on the money i had to wait for you to tire out so I, know, I did. <laughs> so I want I want to circle back to your first teaching gig, Keith. So were you a natural teacher from the beginning? Is it a skill you had to develop? I was scared spitless, so I don't think it was natural. Now, when I was raised, I was raised in a an organization where they encouraged a lot of public speaking mm-hmm. as part of their their faith based faith based organization. So I had some experience with teaching, but it was ner- I was nervous. So. I have a confession that I've never told anybody. You like, you all want to hear it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so when I was applying for this job at this mall shop called the Learning Center in Las Vegas, which was really, really small, I never had a full-time teaching gig before. And so I, she asked me if I could send her some evals 
from classes I had taught because I maybe I gave the impression that I taught I don't know. <laughs> so I got my staff together, my team together. I was managing a IT team about seven or eight people, and I said, "Hey, I want you to sit down for a minute. I'm going to teach you about something." And uh, if you wouldn't mind, would you fill out these emails for me? Oh, heck no. I'm their manager. (laughs) This is not a fair situation. (laughs) So it was short. I don't remember the topic. They filled it out for me. I scanned those. Or maybe I faxed them. It was 19. It was way back. So I I scanned them or faxed them over to her and uh, got the job. But I was scared. Oh, my gosh. I got to tell you. (laughs) When I had that first, the first class I taught was Novell. And... Uh, I, you know, I've been working with Novell back in those days. It was like version 4.x with directory services. And I, I remember being scared spitless. How yep. many people Just were in the classroom? Less than, less than five, five or six, maybe very small. Uh, okay. That's but a, I was scared. That's a palatable I, amount though. I feel like to get started yeah, with like six people. It, yeah. It was, and then, yep. Scary. scary <laughs> so man. to answer your question, uh, I was scared to death when I first started teaching. <laughs> so, and then it, so is that, more natural. is that a is that a form of fake it till you make it or <laughs> like what was? Well, I I quit my job, right? And so I was there. I had the family to support. It was yeah. really a make it or make it was really the scenario. I got I you. Like that. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, there's something I, I read something a, a while ago, actually a couple of different times with different contexts behind it, but it, it's that if you have a plan B you're less likely to carry through with plan A, right? Like if you have a backup oh, I got or you. in your, so in your scenario, like make it or make it, that's my only option. That's a better motivator than, well, if, but if I don't, right. Even just, but if I don't having that, a fallback plan, it's like, no, 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 don't think like that because the future, uh, thank goodness. None of us have any idea what's going to happen. So, mm-hmm. If you're going to choose how you're going to think about the future, you can therefore choose to think about it positively, right? No one says you have to be pessimistic. Um, and, and also don't disguise that under that, that guise of, you know what? I'm just being a realist. Like, no, don't, no, that's not what that is. You're being pessimistic. Like you, you could choose. No one knows. Choose to be optimistic. Anyway, and rant and Andy, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> No, well, you're actually, I clearly wasn't tired. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're talking about commitment, right? I mean, Keith had to make yeah. this work. He had a family, he left his job, he was pivoting and, you know, yeah, yep. you're, you're, you're 110% in when that's how you're going to put, you know, food on the table. Did you, yep. did your teaching skills kind of just develop with time and experience? Did you have to like, did somebody have to help you? I mean, I know you said your dad was a teacher. Like, is it just in your blood? Yep. Um, I don't know about being in the blood. But uh, so I I now have my timeline straight. We moved to Vegas in 2005. That was the teaching opportunity there. And I was pretty much on my own as far as improving my skills just to experience like, hey, that really sucks. Don't do that again. (laughs) That kind of thing. (laughs) But when I went to, uh, it was uh, Mastering Computers, which is what training job I had right after the Learning Center where we traveled. We did like, uh, not stadiums, but like four to 500 people at a time, uh, stadium teaching. Uh, my coach was Ted Hernandez, and that's the time when they put us in the pit and just grilled us. And that's when I learned how to teach. Yeah. Okay. That's hmm. when I learned how to hook people. Do you know how to keep a really smart person um, waiting or anticipating or engaged? Do you know how to do that? Nope. I don't. No. I'll tell you guys later. Uh, so, <laughs> oh, oh. so 
But you know, we're all like, huh? like that. Hey, help us, help us, sir. <laughs> we got our bowls like se- out. We're like, feed us. <laughs> like segues to you know, and here's my here's my secret. Tra- I, so when we onboard new trainers at CBT Nuggets, I have the opportunity to to work with them very closely for the first few weeks, and uh, a part of that. I, I just take everything that trainer brings to the table. We don't hire, by, by the way, anybody who's not great to start with. So we bring their greatness, and I just kind of give them some feedback on how to maintain that greatness and the enthusiasm and the anticipation. And one, one, one of the secrets of training is never, never teach somebody something unless there's a reason. So if I'm going to talk about Active Directory, here's, what I, here's how I'm not going to start it. In Microsoft, there's something called Active Directory. It's right. active. It's a directory. Sorry, I hit the mic. Um, <laughs> instead, we'd say, you know, in a large organization, one of the challenges is keeping track of all our users and central management. We need some kind of tool to help, you know, manage and get that all together. Mm. The solution is, and then we finish up with a punchline, then we go in. So it's really, here's my secret to the world, the Keith Barker secret sauce. Oh, God. It's all, always problem solution. That's mm. it. Always. Yeah. Like, okay. if you hear me say something in a class or training, it always has started with, let's imagine it's Tuesday morning, and we just showed up, and our boss says, you know what? I need blah. There's the problem. And then I go into the topic, and I just reverse engineer it, and I spend like maybe 15 to 30 seconds because hmm. nobody likes a four-minute. I mean, if they're listening to this podcast, maybe they like a four-minute something, but <laughs> nobody wants a, a four-minute lead-up to a two-minute training session, and that's my secret of uh, – so in answer to your question, thank you for the question, it was Ted Hernandez in the pit just beating the sh- the crap out of me <laughs> and uh, and helping me to realize how important it is to be an influencer of any type as a trainer. You need their attention and you need to give them a reason for listening. So right after the break, here's what we're going to cover. <laughs> what? What is it? What? What? <laughs> That's the kind of stuff we'd use. Huh? Okay. That's genius. Hold on. So there's one thing I want to touch on before I forget too. I'm doing a real good job of remembering stuff today. So this is weird. All right. Give us the failures, man. All right, which one? Give me a topic, and I'll give you a failure. All right, uh, let's start with. Uh, we know you passed the CCIE for the, on the first try. Uh, let's yeah. just start with Microsoft. Well, can we go back to CCIE? Can I? Yeah, sure. yeah, sure. Because I have two CCIEs. Right. You hear about the first one, but uh, nobody hears about the second one. So it was two thousand three ish, and I was going for my second CCIE. It was security, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I passed the two day," you know. <laughs> The two days brutal. It's I so bet. brutal. I Have bet. you all heard about that before? Uh, yeah, like here and there. Um, okay, tell us. It's, it's just brutal. You go in for the first day, and then you have to stay the night in Santa or wherever you're testing. And then the next morning when you come in, uh, if you you go to your desk, and if there's a book there, that means you get to continue. You get to keep going. God, it's yeah. Like the if mil- there's it's no like- book, you have to. You're basically wait for the proctor to come over and say, "I'm so sorry." So oh. Kathy Sacintas was my proctor. Uh. I went in the second day, I was about 2001, I sat down, and there's no book. I'm like, ah, ah, so, you know, so sad. And then somebody came up to me on my left, uh, leaned over and said, hey, buddy, you're in my spot. (laughs) I was like, oh, I'm in the wrong seat. So I got up, found my right seat, had a book there. I was like, I got this. Oh, my gosh. So then I, you have to configure something for that morning based yeah. on the tasks. Then they let you have lunch again. And then as you come back in for the second day, half of the second day, it's troubleshooting. They've injected Messed problems in your lab. Up and- yep. And so I came in and they started picking people off. And it was Ed Yanez, myself, and one other person out of 12 who started who were finally allowed to continue. And uh, 
it was uh it was tough also the in my rack that was back in the day when they had a physical rack yeah. right there next to you and you had to cable it to patch panels and so they had impl- put problems in on the previous day like moving stuff around on the back end and they hadn't corrected it for my rack Whoa. so on the first day at noon i was talking to ed at lunch how you doing ed you know, because you can't talk about details. He goes, yeah, I just finished BGP. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm so much in trouble because nothing was working. So I went back in after lunch and I tell, told the proctor, hey, I have no connectivity on this fast Ethernet port. I need a trunk on it. And she said, oh, just go ahead and use uh, Ethernet Zero instead of fast Ethernet Zero. I sat down and thought, see, back in the day, you could not trunk on a f- Ethernet port. It had to be fast Ethernet fast or better Ethernet, yeah. back in those days. And uh, so I knew she was just pressuring me off like go away you know i only have to see you for four more hours and you're gone and uh she's a sweetheart though nice lady so she said you can go back there and check but i'm not giving you any more time so i went back there was three cables that were they're wrong wrong. well they were yeah cross-connected wrong so i fixed those then i was just flying for the rest of that first day so So you, uh, you fixed a problem that wasn't even supposed to be there they should yeah. just give you like a third CCIE just because. Because oh, yeah. like, <laughs> right. this is like so, it was like, it was rigged against you on accident. Well, <laughs> oh, there's a moral to the story. The moral is, if I had sat there and because I I had the thoughts like this isn't fair, right? Yeah. But I thought that's not going to get me my CCIE. Hmm. I just need hmm. to attack this with everything I can. So that was successful. Now let's go to the CCIE security. I I scheduled it. I went, uh, you know, I studied with the ASAs, VPNs, all the stuff, IPsec. Uh, some back in the days, it was uh, not ICE, it was ACS, the ACS server. Mm. <laughs> anyway, ICE used to be called ACS uh, with TAC, Axe, and Radius. And I was ready. I took the lab and I failed it. <laughs> and what killed me was BGP because I thought, oh, it's security. I'm focusing on security. And half of it back then was still BGP with prefix list and, you know, making it work correctly, and I, I hadn't prepared. So I failed the CCI for security twice before the third time when I finally passed it. I, I, was, I was done. I'd given up, and I said to the proctor at Cisco Live, yeah, uh, I'm not going to do that again. That's Wait, painful. Wait, did you do the lab at Cisco Live? No, 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 but I saw the oh. proctor at oh, Cisco saw, Live. Okay. And I, oh, got it, got it. And I was like, get out the world's tiniest violin for Keith freaking Barker. <laughs> <laughs> right, because right, because so, you passed it the the the, the route third switch, time, but the route switch yeah. you got the first time, which probably you were like, all right, all right, it wasn't yeah, bad. I bad. thought I had it. So oh, he said, yeah. this very kind proctor told me, uh, listen, if you take it again, I will personally grade it for you. Wow, and I thought because I was still playing the violin, right? Yeah. <laughs> Since then, I realized, you know what, life is not fair for anybody, nobody. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I took it again. I studied. Here's the key: I studied again really hard. And I took it third time. And before I got back to the airport in San Jose, I was online and I got an email that said, your results are in. I checked it and he had done what he said he was going to do. He, he probably hit a button by manual, you know, verified it and uh, got my second CCIE. So wow. the trophy, so, the, uh, it's right there. It's the, uh, no, it's right there. Oh, it's not in camera. Sorry. Yeah, can't I, see it. I keep it yeah. on my shelf. We see the other one though. So, so how long is. in those three tries how 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 much time went by between those? You have like, to wait. A, you have to wait at least a month. And so, as I recall, there's at least two to three months between each try. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why did you go for a for second? Punishment. Yeah, glutton for punishment. Why would you want a second one? 
You know, that's a great that's a great <laughs> question. <laughs> you still can't answer that. It was just all eyes forward. Yeah. Do it, do it, do it, do it. How many how many um, kids did you have at this time? <laughs> uh so uh see Hannah I think it was six at that time. Wow, my, man. my youngest is two thousand is she's seventeen. So I think she was born in two thousand three. So I got it in two thousand. So I guess it would be seven with a newborn. Yeah, because it was God. it was in two thousand thirteen. Yeah. Wow. See, Keith is blowing my cover because I've been complaining yeah. about my two kids at home with COVID yeah, and why just... I don't have my MP yet. But you're just getting naive with six kids. <laughs> <laughs> you're piddly no two kids over there. Me, <laughs> it's it's a team play though. I my my wife, uh, the mother of my children, she was fantastic. I she recognized my commitment. She was willing to support. I had a team. Okay, and good, Ed, yeah. you know, for the first one with Edinez, he was also right there alongside me. And all, you know, the first gear I bought was like four thousand. I bought four thousand series routers, not the current four thousands. Yeah, not the four thousands from two thousand. <laughs> yeah, star four K. Yeah, and they were. I think I bought three of them. I think they're like five grand for the three routers. Wow. And then I got them, and they didn't have any Ethernet ports. I didn't know that. I, didn't know I thought I didn't you were going to say that. they didn't have uh, an iOS image on it. They were like, oh, you got to pay for that. Now they had iOS, but they didn't have any Ethernet ports, so I had to buy Ethernet ports and then that figure out how to connect cards. to them. And I had, oh. I had a really cool rack back those. It was token ring switching, also in addition to Ethernet. God. And uh, ATM and uh, data link switching. Uh, we didn't have X twenty five that I recall, but no. we had something I know that you want to hear. What frame frame relay? Oh my oh. God! Stop. Yeah. Uh, we actually yeah. nick, we actually nicknamed it a lame relay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know. I kept Paramount Pictures when I started there. Frame Relay was the shizzle. They had that? Yep. Oh, it was state-of-the-art because we had lease lines. I mean, it really was amazing. It was. It was. We had lease lines and you had Frame Relay. And then that OSPF point to multipoint, nobody appreciates that now. No. But back in the day, that has so many benefits for a Frame Relay point to multipoint, including the routing that works there. Uh-huh. It is fantastic. Yeah. That's crazy. So nobody- Nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, no, I, I remember. I remember the the because right around that time, this was this was interesting because cable modems had just come out, and the fastest tier at that time was at like ninety nine ish. It was about seven hundred sixty eight k. So it was Doxus one point one seven sixty eight by I want to say one twenty eight up, and that that was the big deal. The one twenty eight up was the big deal. Uh, because otherwise you had to have a partial T1, and that was gonna that was gonna cost you thousands. But it was that was 800k symmetrical, right? So the gaming center I used to go to, because I was a, a professional gamer for a little bit of time there, a couple of years that I wasted, and I was really good. So I was sponsored by a gaming center, and the back of that gaming center we had a partial T1. And the only reason I would go there is because we had a partial T1. So guess what? I went on Newegg and bought the biggest hard drive I possibly could, and I downloaded the whole internet. <laughs> that's what, that's what you do. Nice, like I was on nice. I was on IRC back when you could download the whole internet. <laughs> yeah, I was on IRC chat rooms, you know, in the bots, just requesting stuff through these bots, and I was on ICQ news groups. I was in all of that stuff, man. If, if it was on the internet, I had it, and I was selling it to somebody. <laughs> like nice. You, if you if you peered into my hard drive at 2001, you found some really weird stuff. Like I'm talking like movies that you would think that an adult male should not have, right? Like, uh, and not, and not like that. I mean, like, like, like the like, notebook stuff. Yeah, like, that. like the notebook or Coyote <laughs> yeah. Ugly. I remember <laughs> I had Coyote notebook. Ugly. Like, what was I doing with Coyote Ugly? <laughs> Stupid. So we can either confirm nor deny any of these statements by Aaron. 
What's up, everybody? It's Aaron Engineered, and you know how it goes around these parts. Sometimes these episodes get a little carried away, and we end up doing a two-part episode. But that's okay, because it's Keith Barker! I'm sure you're fine with that. Tune in next week to catch part two of Keith's episode, where we're interviewing him about more cool stuff, uh, his personal life, and he even gives us a little bit of a challenge at the end. So, tune in next week. See ya! Hey everyone, this is AJ. If you like what you heard today, then make sure you subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcatcher. Smash that bell icon to get notified of all of our future episodes. Also, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Art of NetEng. That's Art of N-E-T-E-N-G. You can also find us on the web at artofnetworkengineering.com where we post all of our show notes. You can read blog articles from the co-hosts and guests and also a lot more news and info from the networking world. Thanks for listening.